Hello, friends, and welcome to the Adopting and Fostering Home podcast. Wherever you are on your fostering or adopting journey, we're here to provide the resources and encouragement you need. Thanks for bringing us along. And now, your host, Lynette Zell. Hey, everyone, welcome back. I met a new friend, and I cannot wait for you to hear her story. Adrienne Collins is the mom of five, one girl and four boys. And I love, Adrian that you call it joyful chaos. <laughs> Adrian writes and speaks uh, just with a transparent passion and shares the complexities of adoption and the need to make peace with choices that bring heartache. So welcome, Adrian, to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Glad to be here. Well, you know, I love what you say. You say, I am, uh, I am both brave and blemished, learning to accept my imperfections and live each day to the fullest. Now, I know from living life over half a century <laughs> that you, you can't say that with a li- without a little bit of uh, hills and valleys. And so we just really want to hear your story today and how the Lord built your family. I know he started adoption in your life at a young age. And uh, man, it would just be a joy to get to hear that today. Do you mind sharing? Oh, I'd love to share. So, and thank you for the wonderful introduction. And yeah, this is a story of how I learned to just rest in God's grace and overcome feelings of shame and guilt and, and find hope and healing and also making peace with difficult choices that we have to make. Um, my story begins when I was a junior in college and I went to a private Christian school and I held this RA position, had leadership roles around campus. And I just, you know, thought I was someone that everyone needed to look up to. And I just strived to, you know, have this perfect kind of image, good girl image that I just wanted to chase. And then I learned I was pregnant. Oh, wow. And I, I was just terrified. Um, first, I was terrified of being rejected from my friends and peers, getting kicked out of school. Um, and I just remember just sitting on the bathroom floor crying and thinking that, I don't know what to do. So, you know, I did consider um, abortion because I was terrified of what would happen to me. But in the end, I decided that I was going to walk this journey. I was going to choose life. I didn't know what was going to be the end of the journey, but um, I was going to, you know, move forward at that. And so I hid my pregnancy for about five months and really just wrestled with my decision. I mean, I always wanted to be a mom. I always dreamed of being a mom since I was a kid, but I, at that time, I had no way of providing the kind of life that I felt my baby deserved. And, and so, so you never saw yourself in a position to have to choose adoption or being a young mom or you just, that was never in, never part of the plan, right? Oh, never part of the plan. Never, no, never thought about adoption in my life at all. And, you know, in the end I was, I just felt that, I needed, I just, I had to give up my dream so that my daughter could have hers. And I felt at the time that adoption would have been the best choice for, for her. And I mean, that was, I mean, there's fear there, right? That yeah. people will think I'm like monster or unloving or irresponsible or someone who abandoned their child. But I had to move forward and just say, I'm doing the best thing I can with mm-hmm. what I know for my daughter at that time in my life. I love the so way I, you shared that when you held her in your arms, that you whispered into her ear, I will always love you. 
And man, that I cannot imagine knowing you're making the right choice for you. That was the right choice for you, but the pain uh, in that loss. Well, the pain was excruciating. And, you know, going, I mean, I just, leaving the hospital without my baby girl, I mean, is the single hardest thing I've ever done. And not only that, but all of a sudden, you're also carrying the weight of guilt and shame, and which I really felt from my Christian community wow. and circle, and because I had to go back to school and finish my senior year. And I just remember just walking with my head down from, oh, wow. you know, from class to class, just afraid. And the whispers, I mean, it was a tiny college, so the whispers and the rumors and no one coming alongside me just to say, well, there there were a select few, but besides the few, I mean, there was like, it's just this weight of what have I done? And that was just, you know, it was, I had to learn in that year to sit in my grief, but also really focus on the fact that God did not call me to be perfect ever. And that I was, I need to give myself grace because, you know, he gives me grace every day. And so I had to really learn to walk in that, Um, but it was still very difficult. And so, you know, when I graduated from college, I married um, my boyfriend who was also the birth father to um, our daughter. And we, um, you know, the years passed, we filled our home with three boys and um, I was just blessed with these just amazing boys. But I remember <laughs> <laughs> that I, I, I really wanted to reach out and volunteer for the birth mom community because I had nobody to really hold my hand and, and sit along with me and tell me what to expect or what the process is going to be like. And so I started volunteering um, just to walk alongside birth moms. And one of these meetings was with a family friend who had encountered an unexpected pregnancy. And so I just met her for coffee um, a couple times. And like one time, I think she was about six months pregnant, she turned to me and asked me to adopt her um, little boy. Oh, that's and incredible, Adrian. And you know, what a picture of how the Lord never wastes any, anything we walk through. He does not waste any of our experiences. He walks us through all of them. He never leaves us, never forse- never forsakes us, and he never wastes any of our pain, ever. Exactly. And you brought a perspective to this girl's life, because I, I, too, worked at a crisis pregnancy center, but you were able to bring so much more because you understood what she was feeling and where she was coming from. And just, you know, a beautiful picture of you just met her for coffee. I mean, it wasn't anything overwhelming. It was an act of love and something very simple. And then how the Lord worked through that. Oh, I mean, he looked, he worked in the most, I mean, truly mysterious, but just breathtaking ways in my life. And I remember looking at her and just, I mean, I hadn't even thought that I'd even go down that road (laughs) (laughs) after I'd placed a child. I said yes immediately. I didn't even ask my husband first, which I don't recommend anybody do. (laughs) Well, I've done that once too, so I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited. And thankfully, the Lord had opened his heart as well, my husband, and he was thrilled. And, you know, I it was really, though, such a difficult journey because I knew the pain that she was going to face. Right, right. And I knew her journey. And so there was just fear for me, just, oh, my gosh, what if I disappoint her? What if I don't measure up? But I really had to just 
walk in that faith where God has got the pieces together and Mm -hmm. he's going to make them fit in his timing. And so I really had to just take a step of faith and, um, you know, just walk alongside her, but also just embrace this beautiful new life that I was able to hold and cherish and um, really just have that understanding of what it meant to have a good relationship between a birth mom and an adoptive mom. Mm. And, you know, it really got me thinking because it took me, I mean, I didn't have a lot of communication with my birth daughter at the time. It was really painful for me to even think about another set of parents raising her, even want to watch that. And for me, it was just, I needed that time to step back and just heal and have God just really just heal the broken pieces of my heart. And so the timing was so beautiful because by the time, like within two weeks of bringing home our adopted son, we got a phone call and it was my birth daughter. Oh my goodness. Let's back up here a minute because I love what you said about when you got your adopted son in your arms, you you were very honest I, I, and you shared this with me like, will I love him the same as my other children? Which I know that's a resounding yes, sometimes even more. <laughs> but do I have enough love for everyone? And, you know, that is such a great question to ask because you just said the Lord answered you, I will give you the love you need for each one of your children, no matter how they joined your family. And, Adrian, that is beautiful. And that's the heart of our Savior, that he will give us the love that we need um, to embrace and love and value and protect and teach and train each one of our children when we feel like so incapable he shows up every single time. That's so true. There's so much truth in that. And there's such, you know, we can just sit in fear and just be so afraid. Mm. But we just open our arms and just let God just show us and show us the steps we need to take. I mean, he shows us that love isn't divided, you know, in these tiny pieces, but they're meant to like expand and extend out to others. Right. And so he gives us, like you said, what we need to love and teach and train each of our kids. And we are worthy to be each of our children's mom in every stage of their life. Even if we feel like we're failing, you know, he has a plan for them and for us in that moment. And so when my daughter called, I mean, it's, I kept a secret of having a birth daughter, even away from my boys. Oh yeah. And, you know, they had a full blood sister they didn't even know about. And I was so ashamed. I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, I mean, we arranged a visit for her to come. My boys don't even know they have a sister. How am I going to tell them this? And, you know, they're all playing some video game upstairs. And I yeah. found a picture of my daughter and that her adoptive parents had sent. And I called them all downstairs. And I was like terrified they were going to, you know, slam the door, tell me it's a horrible mom. But I remember like just showing them the picture and announcing they had a sister. And their response was just so like, cool, mom. Oh. Can, we go, can we go play our video game now? And, and she's like, hallowed at the time? She's like 12. And I was like, for 12 years, wow. I have been like, so terrified. And I know it's such a trivial like. No, it's beautiful. Picture, no, it's but great. It, it just reminded me that like, if like, what am I trying to teach my boys if I am trying to be perfect all the time? Mm. And that, you know, there's so much acceptance and love to give if we just, you know, share our stories and our hurts and pains, even with our children and knowing that they're going to accept and love us in return. 
And so it was this picture. I just kind of said, okay, she's coming. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just remember that moment of her, you know, pulling up in the driveway and here I am holding, you know, this new life and thinking, oh my gosh, what is she going to think now that, you know, I placed her for adoption and brought an adopted son into my life. And, you know, I remember just embracing her and holding her and telling her I loved her. And what I wanted her to know was there was no one that ever would replace her in my heart. What a great word. Yeah. And you said that after all those years, she she hadn't forgotten about even you, that she she had been thinking about you as well, which is just a great... Um, a great point to bring out here that that children who are adopted are thinking about their biological parents. And you you shared with me earlier that she was thinking about you quite a bit. Well, and she was. And I put together a book for her um, when she was born. It was kind of like a scrapbook of, you know, pictures of me, pictures of my husband. And I wrote her a letter about my choice, the, the why I chose adoption for her and how much I loved her. And she held on to that book and kept that book. And she had so many questions. And she was at that age, you know, where they want to know their family history and their background and where they come from. And so it's so important for adoptive parents to understand that, you know, their adopted children do love and yearn and want to know about their history and to be open to, um, you know, walking that path with them. Yes. And they want to know their story. It really, especially as they grow older, like she was 12, she was, you know, going, I'm sure going through puberty, puberty, you know, entering middle school. And that's a time when they, those uh, times become very important for them to begin to put the pieces together. And uh, we really have to be the adult in the room and help uh, usher them through that time. Exactly. I mean, it's difficult, right? I yeah. mean, we, we look at these children and we're like, well, these are mine. I own them. But but actually, God, when you choose adoption, you're also adopting, you know, another family, another set of parents, grandparents, cousins. And we have to op- like loosen our grip, you know, and invite others into our lives. And I think that's just such a beautiful picture of what God does for us, you know, as, we, mm-hmm. as he adopts us into his family. And so, yeah, that, I mean, it was such a blessing to be able to spend that time with her and just watch her play with her brothers on the swing set. And, you know, it was bittersweet, of course, because, you know, in my mind, you play those, what if, you know, what yeah. if. So what I, are you I, thinking? What what are you thinking at, at this point while she's visiting with you all and being with her brothers? And, you know, what thoughts are going through your mind as her biological mother? Well, honestly, I mean, it, it was, like I said, it was bittersweet. There was such pain because, mm. you know, you, you're, you're thinking, oh, look at all of them together. I wish I could have had that oh, moment yeah. or those moments from the very beginning. But then I also had to realize, look at that moment. Look at the fact that God is able to bring her back into my life and her brother's life and, you know, 12 years later and start a new relationship. And so I, you know, it was kind of this back and forth yeah. of struggling to accept um, that I, you know, had placed her for adoption and couldn't spend those years with her, but also feeling beyond blessed and thankful that she was able to step in our life. And so it was kind of a, it was just like a, a ping pong, you know, match in my head. Yeah, And it was really hard, really hard. I felt like I felt like I was leaving the hospital without her all over again. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, there's just, you know, when you're a birth mother, you're a mother and that's part of your heart. 
And so the blessing of that, though, from that day on, we were able to start just a new relationship. We, you know, I was at a place where I felt ready to really, um, you know, come alongside her and how she needed me and her brothers wanted to spend time for her. So it was just this beautiful healing moment for our family. And we exchanged letters. We talked on the phone and she would come fly out um, when she became older, 16, 17, for the occasional weekend with our family. And, you know, it, it was just an amazing, beautiful time to watch her spend, to see sweet moments with her brothers and um, our whole family. But, you know... What a beautiful ahead. gift from the Lord, Adrian, that he gave you those those seasons back with her where you were able to, you know, in a way, be a, another support for her to walk her through, adult, you know, after uh, walk her through those teenage years, because those are tough times for some kids. And um, just to have your support there, I mean, only the Lord could do that. Oh, only, only the Lord could do that. I mean, I, I just watched him just, you know, bring the circle back. And it was just a beautiful, it, I mean, it was just a beautiful time to just have that with her. And, you know, our relationship became stronger and stronger over the years. But there was something that a myth. And when she enrolled in college, just everything suddenly changed. And while I don't know you know, all of the background. I do know she had um, just some difficulties in her childhood. And by the time she was enrolled in college, her parents, her adoptive parents were no longer supportive at all of, ha- of her having a relationship with her birth family. And they asked her to choose between oh, wow. and them. And I just, you know, as a birth mom, it's so devastating to watch your child wrestle because not only, you know, you know, she's going through pain anyway from adoption, but just the pain of being or feeling rejected, you know, Mm. once more was just really difficult for me to watch. And once, you know, once we learned that their relationship was being severed, um, and all of her financial support was removed. All of the emotional support was renewed. I mean, she had nowhere to turn. And my husband and I realized that we could help her yeah. and we could adopt her back into our family as an adult. And so we approached her with this, um, you know, readoption, and, you know, she said yes. And, you know, I, I knew it was a difficult time for her even to, to say yes, but I knew that she knew that God was leading her there and that we were leading, you know, towards her and would able to embrace her and support her the way she needed to be supportive. And I remember thinking, you know, as a birth mom, you know, I promised to give her the best life possible and would do anything to make that happen. And if I couldn't provide for her at birth, you know, I was going to grasp the chance to take care of her as an adult. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it was terrifying, though, you know, being in front and the judge in front of a courtroom, you know, watching her stand next to me, I had missed like 18 years of her life, really. Mm-hmm. And again, those fears come up, you know, like, oh my gosh, what if I can't be a good mom to her after all? What if I make things worse? And and I realized all those were grounded in fear that God was going to show me how to love her where she was at. And it was my turn to, because he had worked on me for years to heal my heart. It was my turn to help heal hers. And so, you know, I held my daughter's hand in the courtroom. I knew I couldn't 
heal her deepest wounds and erase the years of separation, but I could just love her and tell her that I'm here. I love what you said that you'd miss those years. And I think back to the minor prophet, you know, Joel, where the Lord uh, told the Israelites, I'll return to you the years the the wild locusts have eaten. I'll return to you those years. Because all of us as adoptive moms, uh, that have adopted older kids. I have, you have, um, mm-hmm. you do grieve those years that you missed. Mm-hmm. But in that, I agree with you. You said the Lord grew you in strength and perseverance and confidence and courage. You sound like one of Paul's letters <laughs> to the early <laughs> church, but that's his goal for us is to grow us in that. And he does use those, uh, those difficult situations in life. I cannot imagine walking through your story But at the same time, to see how God's using that to encourage so many of us um, and that reunion, how God restored that relationship with your your daughter. And and like you said, he gives such great measures of grace. When things didn't turn out, you never thought about adoption before. Um, You often say adoption begins with loss, and it absolutely does. But, oh, the beauty the Lord has brought out of this. Well, such beauty. And, you know, I, I, like you said, at, at first, I just wanted nothing to do with adoption. I I had no idea how God was going to use right. this story for his glory. And I didn't see the bigger picture. I mean, how can we? But I had to trust that God would use my story, but I need to be patient mm-hmm. and trust in him and in his timing. And, you know, I don't, the story isn't over. Right. You know, right. I mean, it's not over. I mean, there we are praying for restoration between my daughter and her adoptive parents. I mean, who knows what the Lord is doing in their hearts. And so I have to be open to that as well, that there, there is still more to come and more blessings to come. And, you know, God is at work all the time. And, you know, I've reflected on my adoption journey and did everything turned out the way I planned? Like, no, I mean, we have to take these steps of faith many times without, without seeing the whole picture and know that God is going to put the pieces together for us if we trust and endure and persevere and stop trying to be perfect. <laughs> yes, These yes. are things I'm learning. I'm like, when I try to be perfect, there's no room for a savior there. Exactly. Yeah, we try to white knuckle things or work out the outcomes that we control no outcomes. Um, right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you that we just learn through this process that there are new mercies every morning with the Lord. Every morning. Absolutely. And we have to make peace with these difficult decisions that we make and know that we do the best we can at that particular time in life. Mm-hmm. And that God just, you know, gives us the strength to persevere during those hardships. But we don't need to dwell on the what ifs, you know, because he has a journey for us. And we change in that journey. I mean, mm-hmm. I think of how much I've grown and the love that's grown and expanded that I didn't even realize that was there, you know, without the hardships that I went through, God has really just grown my character in so many ways. And for that, I'm just, you know, incredibly thankful. Well, I cannot imagine readopting your daughter and standing in that courtroom that day. And I know that it was joyous and, you know, sad all at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know that only he could orchestrate those events. I love the way you invite people to join you on this journey of parenting. Uh, I don't know that I've ever met anyone that um, that has parented from 
uh, giving a child, you know, uh, releasing a child into adoption, <laughs> then having three sons. Is that right? Three sons and then adopting yes. a son and then yes. uh, adopting her, her biological daughter. Uh, the Lord has definitely uh, crafted a beautiful story for you and one that I could never really uh, come up with. <laughs> uh, but that's how he works. But you do invite people on this journey with you on your blog, and I encourage everyone to take a look and to get to know you better. And just the wisdom that you share from all the different seasons the Lord has led you through, and what He's and where He's, uh, you know, still working in all of our lives, but how He's still working in your family for restoration and and just that sanctification process. But I love what you say, Adrian. You say even when it's not pretty or perfect, your story is what you have what you will mm-hmm. always have, and it is something to own. Mm-hmm. And I love the way the Lord has given you the grace and dropped the shame to re- to just own the story and to share it with the world. Mm, thank what a, you so What a release that's been. What have you learned through that by sharing your story with other people? You know, I've learned that there's just so much freedom in Christ. I mean, he gives us this courage to tell our stories Mm -hmm. and he uses our stories to help others. And we don't need to have shame in our stories. You know, I think for me, I've just learned to just choose this grace, you know, over guilt and shame and embrace the imperfections and flaws because I've seen God use them and shape me for his glory and he continues to do so. And so I, you know, I always encourage listeners, readers to really embrace this idea of grace and own their stories because God is going to use it for his glory and to encourage another who will walk on this journey and needs to hear your voice, needs to know that you understand her pain or her sorrow or grief or hardship. And even if it's not exactly the same story, just to sit with each other and really just hold each other's hand through this valley that we all go in from one time to another. Well, you're a perfect example of that because just showing up and going with a girl, meeting with her at a coffee shop, led to the Lord bringing an, uh, just a, another beautiful soul into your life. And and that is how he works. It's not these huge events in life, but it's these small steps that we take of obedience. And then he is able to do great things through those small steps of faith. Exactly, exactly. Well, Adrian, if people want to connect with you or read more of your story, how can they get in contact with you on your blog? Oh, yes. My website at adriancollins.com. They can go there. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well at Adrian C. Collins. So I would love for anyone to reach out and get to know you and just hear your story as well. Well, your story is so beautiful, and there truly is no pain that he will not use. So thanks for joining us today, Adrian. Thank you thanks for being so, so transparent. Thank you for uh, encouraging us in motherhood <laughs> and in raising uh, these families that only the Lord could could bring together. But you truly are a blessing. Oh, thank you, Lynette. It was so good to talk to you. Thank you. This has been the Adopting and Fostering Home Podcast a ministry of Send Relief. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find more and subscribe at sendrelief.org. Thanks for listening and making us part of your journey.